Before we start our service, there's one announcement, um, just so you all know that Nadine Wallace passed away this week. I'm not sure exactly what day that was. Pastor Gary, do you know? Hmm? Wednesday. So if you could remember her family and your prayers and maybe um, send a sympathy card or give them a call. That would be appreciated. Okay. We have one more announcement. Um, this Thursday at 7 o'clock, the conference uh, is sending down a person to start the process of looking for another pastor now that Gary's leaving. Um, so if you're on the church board, uh, we'll meet in the fireside room at 7 o'clock uh, to meet with uh, Rodney Mills uh, starting that process. So just wanted to let everybody know about that. Ready, halt! Present the colors. Present arms facing the American flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Order arms. Facing the Pathfinder flag with hand over heart. With the grace of God, I will be pure, kind, and true. I will keep the path in our law. I will be a servant to God and a friend to man. Path in our law is for me to keep the morning watch, do my honest part, care for my hotties, the level eye, be courteous and obedient, walk softly in the sanctuary, keep a song in my heart, and go on God's errands. Order arms. Post the colors. Thank <laughs> you. 
prayer. Okay, would you bow your heads with me? Dear God, thank you for the Sabbath that we could bring the Pathfinders here and show you what we have been learning and present it to the church. And uh, please help us to not be nervous. In your name we pray, amen. Pathfinders to your song positions. You can sit now. <laughs> Ready. In my wrestling and in my doubts, Trouble sea, whoa, you're the peace in my trouble sea. Keep going. In the silence, you won't let go. In my questions, your truth will hold. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my trouble sea, whoa, you are. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness, I will carry you, oh, my lighthouse, my lighthouse, I will trust a promise that you will carry me safe to shore, safe to shore. Trouble see you are, you are the peace in my trouble see you are, you are the peace in my trouble see you are, you are the peace in my trouble see you are, you are the peace in my trouble see you are, you are the peace in my trouble see you are, you are the peace in my trouble see you are, you are the peace in my tr
gonna lie that's hard to surf and sing with a mask on
so lift your voice to hear Jubilee and out of Zion's hill salvation comes. Oh, 
Hi, can I have all the kids come up to the stairs, please? Including the big kids. Okay, kids, so, you know, I try my best to read my devotions book every day, or as much as I can, um, and it's a children's devotions book, not a teenager's one, so way better stories, in my opinion. I came across this one that I didn't think I would like because it had dolls in it, and I don't like dolls, they're very scary, um, but, you know, I decided to read it anyway, because it was like, eh, you know, let's just do it. So I started reading it, and it was about this girl who brought her doll, you know, a Barbie doll, to this one contest. And it's like, who had the better looking doll? Who, like, had the most expensive doll, you know? And this girl looks over, and she sees this girl with her doll. And the doll is looking very messy, you know, like it hasn't been, like, really taken care of. Like, it hasn't had a decent shower in a week, Jack. Uh, and she, the girl who has the good doll, you know, it looks pretty good. It's uh, made of glass, so it's very fragile. She goes over to her mom and says, Mom, I don't think that girl's going to win anything. You know, her doll doesn't look that good. You know, it, her hair is a mess. You know, the clothes are all torn. And the mom says, like, she's quiet for a little while, and she looks over at the girl with the, you know, messy doll and says, look at the girl, you know, she's loving that doll no matter what. And you look over, and this girl is, like, hugging the doll. She's trying to brush her hair and, you know, giving it little, you know, kisses on the head. You know how children are with toys. And uh, the girl realizes, oh, you know, this doll may not look the best, but it's still loved. So you kind of take in the fact, like, it kind of relates to Jesus, you might know someone in your life who, you know, doesn't look totally 100%. Maybe they have their hair all in a mess or they have really old baggy clothes. But Jesus still loves them. He's going to love you no matter what. No matter what you look like, no matter who you are. That's just, that's just going to be the main thing. <clears throat> you can return to your seats. Sorry. All right. Uh, today's scripture is uh, Matthew eleven, twenty-eight through thirty.
uh, <coughs> uh, come to me, all he, all you who labor and are heavy and ha and are uh, heavy laden, and I will give you your rest. Take my yoke upon you and lean, uh, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for your yoke is easy and my burden is light. Start right 
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. In our last episode, we asked for you guys to send in questions for today's episode. And the most common question was, where is God when bad things happen? So, first, everywhere. <laughs> you know, because he's ev- everywhere at the same time. But yeah, the Bible says that he's always with us. Yeah, it says that a lot in the Bible. And what makes the Bible truer than any other like old book or myth? Well, no other mythological or religious book has the same amount of evidence of the original meaning that the Bible has. Yeah, thousands of books scattered across pretty much the whole world. Mostly Europe, though. (laughs) And what? Nothing. Good. (laughs) So yeah, there's just an overwhelming amount of evidence. Yeah, God is everywhere. And by that logic, he's here. Second uh, Timothy three sixteen says, "All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable in doctrine for reproof of the creation of insecurity and righteousness." Our next question comes from Gus Johnson. Why do you <laughs> Why do you choose creation over evolution? Well, when you picture Charles Darwin, you picture him as like an evolutionary being. <laughs> but when he was like older, can they actually hear me? 
Okay, when you picture da Charles Darwin, you picture him as like the father of evolution, but later in life, he found lots of faults with it, and one quote is, such simple instincts as bees making a beehive could sufficiently over, could be sufficient to overthrow my whole theory, and that's a direct quote. So like, even he found very big problems with it. Um, okay. So, is this too loud? Yes. <laughs> a bit. Okay. Um, so, first off, first off, um, evolution is still happening. So, it's always been happening. It's so, like, everything just kind of started and never stopped happening. So, <laughs> there's this law in thermodynamics called entropy. And it states that the universe tends towards chaos. So, like, picture a, like, you have your nice sphere of water. You know, it's a perfect sphere. Now, if you just let it do its thing, what's it going to do? It, it's going to go into chaos, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Of course, you know, people say if God created everything, what created God? You know, if evolution doesn't make sense because of how it all started, the God theory makes, you know, ten times less sense. He's always been there. We just don't understand that because we're mortal. He isn't. And mortals naturally don't understand that. Um, you might want to have your mic a little bit closer. Yeah. Uh, well, we don't understand the fact that he's always been there because we're mortal. He's immortal. And mortals don't understand the whole immortality because we've never known that. Yeah, because God is infinite and we're just finite. Finite, yes. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, the Big Bang couldn't have happened if nothing was there to put the energy into one place. Which, you know, side note, I don't remember this in the Big Bang Theory show. Nothing, none of it. Next question. Sure. Are we doing you want to do the verse? Wait, yeah. Uh, yeah. Romans one twenty says... For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Next question. Our next question comes from Sarah Hill. Isn't God evil and Satan good since God creates evil people and Satan punishes them? Well, no. <laughs> Satan gets punished. Well, he will get punished along with everyone else in the end. Once they are gone, they will be no more. It's just him getting punished. You know, we're not all going to be burning in hell forever along with him. It's just going to be him. It's going to be the yeah. cleansing fire. So, yeah, so a lot of people have this weird... Idea. I don't know when it came from, but that like 
God creates people, and then if they're evil, when they die, they get sent to this fiery place where there's a guy with a pitchfork and a tail who punishes them. That's not exactly how it works. Okay, so um, if God is the one who created people who are evil, um, then that still makes God bad, even if Satan isn't necessarily good. Well, if when evil started, and if the Lord had just destroyed Satan, Satan with fire, he, he would have proved the devil's point, that God's unfair. And controlling. That's why so we're kind of like a sign of what not to do. Yeah, he, you know, Satan was the one who started sin. God creates people and gives them a choice, you know, free will. He doesn't force us to love him out of fear. It's, it's just out of love. You, you can love him or you, can, or you don't have to. Mm-hmm. So Psalm 145, verse 9, says, The Lord is good to all, and his, t- and his tender mercies are all over his works. Psalm 23, 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yeah, so none of, none of us are forced to love God, because if, if we were forced, it wouldn't be love. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Our next question comes from Ken Davis. How can you serve a God that would destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and not other bad cities? Well, listen, you you think about Sodom and Gomorrah. There were like six good people there. You know, he gave them a chance to get out. The rest of the people were evil. You know, he, he destroys things that are evil. Think of Noah and the Ark. You know, there was only one family that really, like, survived, plus, you know, the animals. Yet, you know, he saved the good people and wiped out the rest of the evil people so they could kind of start over. Right. And when we picture bad, we picture, like, crime in the back alleys. Well, Sodom and Gomorrah were more terrible than anything, like, on Earth, I'm pretty sure right now. Instead of mm-hmm. crime in the back alleys, it's crime in the marketplace. Everywhere. In the front isn't, isn't that in what's already place. happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, Lamentations three twenty-two through twenty-three says, "Do not, do not let your adorning be external, the uh, braiding of hair, and the putting on of that gold jewelry." That, uh, <laughs> sorry, that was the wrong Lamen- one. Lamentations three twenty-two verse uh, two, twenty-two through twenty-three. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. All right, guys, time for a commercial break. Now a word from our sponsor. (laughs) 
Gracias. our sponsor, 
Um, Jesus, you know, just one prayer away. Sign up today. Question five. Question five comes from Bob Wilson. I'm afraid of burning forever in hell if I make God mad. Okay. You won't necessarily be burning in hell. You know, there's a lot of fire and brimstone talk in churches. You know, the pastors who show up, they haven't been, they had like a stubble. You know, they look very tired. They haven't had their coffee and they're like, repent now or you'll be burning in hell forever. That doesn't necessarily work. It goes back to the topic of God wants us to, uh, you know, believe in him out of love and not out of fear. Well, God says that sin must be paid with death. Someone must pay the price, right? He already did, right? Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we have Jesus. Yeah. Um, I'm, so I think it was, it was a while ago, before, before even you were alive. No. Churches started to think, like, what if we did the same thing that we did with our kids? Like, tell them that the monster is going to get them if they don't eat, Go to bed. eat, eat their dried peas. Um, Ew. <laughs> yeah, like so... A lot more severe. <laughs> a, a, a little bit, a little bit more severe. So, and in some cases it works, but in a lot of cases it hasn't worked. At all. <laughs> it makes us not like peas at all. Wrong thing. Wrong thing. Wrong, wrong, thing. <laughs> wrong topic. And if all the bad people are just burning in hell, it means sin wouldn't be destroyed. And the right. Bible says sin will be no more. And so they have to bite the dust. <laughs> <laughs> Another one bites the dust. Ow. <laughs> yeah, if, if, everyone, if all the sinners were to burn forever... What? Um, <laughs> sin would still exist somewhere. So yeah. it's got to be deleted. The fire is the same fire that'll be basically deleting everything in the universe that we've screwed up. It's going to reach out a long ways because there's this thing called the Voyager probe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, Matthew, would you like to say Matthew thirteen forty two? Um. Uh, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. Though there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. That doesn't sound so fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Nowhere in that verse does it say forever, does it? If you took some of the we'll letters let, we'll and moved them get, around a little. We'll, you, we'll let you get, look at that for a little while. Keep you busy. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be quick. And it's going to be over. And what the Bible means by hell being forever is eternal death being forever. Yeah, no, no one's coming back from there.
Well, while Matthew's looking at that, our next, our next question comes from Jenny Garland. I visited a church that told me I needed to wear nicer clothes to church. I just found Jesus a couple months ago, and I really want to follow the Bible correctly. Can you tell me where it says how to dress for church in the Bible so I can study it? No. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing really in the Bible that says you have to wear a dress or a suit to church. If you don't, you're you're not a real Christian. You know, Jesus isn't going to like you. In fact, the people that Jesus were criticizing directly were the ones that were wearing the fancy clothes. Jesus and his friends were just normal people with normal clothes. And the people who Jesus went out of his way to talk to were the messed up people who had terrible clothing and they were poor and just the worst of the worst. Okay, but you want to look presentable in front of like your creator, don't you? Yes. Well, yes, but, you know, he's going to love you no matter what. God did not come down from the heavens and say, listen, buddy, you got to wear a suit. This is my house. You got to wear a suit. Dress nicely, but don't force other people to do it. That kind of thing. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure the, so it all, the wearing nice clothes to church actually just kind of um, appeared, I'm pretty sure it was around the end or Middle Ages era, where the only people who were going to church and reading the Bible and doing that kind of stuff were the rich. The only people who could afford to. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, because they were rich, they were showing off, you know, dressing up with increasingly impressive, impressive <laughs> <laughs> styles. Yeah, they literally saw like the aisle down in the middle. It was like, yes, fashion walkway. Red carpet. <laughs> Red carpet. <laughs> yeah, we we want to be. We want to look nice, but it's not... Just don't overdo it. (laughs) It's not why we're here. It's not about your outer appearance. It's about what's inside. Jonathan, Peter 3, 3 through 4. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair or the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which in God's sight is very precious. Yeah, and I know, like, people say, you know, if you're going to a dinner party at someone's house, you've got to look nice, you've got to be respectful. And, you know, people say the church is the Lord's house, which it is. I've gone to a lot of people's houses. I've never once really worn a dress. It's not because I don't respect them. It's because I know they're going to like me no matter what. It's the same thing with God. He, you're, you don't have to wear a dress to church. You can be a God-loving Christian wearing jeans and a t-shirt. Maybe not if you're wearing like sandals and socks, though. Seriously, please don't do that. <laughs> Jonathan. Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Our next question comes from Susie Parker. 
My girlfriend and I tried to visit a church, but they said our kind isn't welcome there because we are an abomination. Do we have to do something to change ourselves before we can come to Jesus? And why aren't we welcome just the way we are? Well, who did Jesus visit when he came down to earth? The perfect or the imperfect? It was the imperfect people, not the people who thought that they had their life sorted out and they were perfect. Mm -hmm. It was the opposite. A lot of people treat homosexuality like it's the worst sin. You know, it's worse than murder or lying. However, you know, all, all are sin equal. is the same. Right. They all result in the same thing. Death. <laughs> and, you know, we, I'm pretty sure we have a sign somewhere in this church that says, love your neighbor, you know, <laughs> whether or not they don't love like you, they don't look like you. It's right it's, behind you, Natalie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been listening in this whole time. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. But yeah. You don't have the power to change yourself. Jesus will do that for you. You know, some people need to eat a few less Doritos each week. There, you know, you can do that for a couple weeks, but then you're going to go back and eat those Doritos. Or maybe a few less cups of coffee. <laughs> Faith. Self-call out. Those are rare. <laughs> Church is meant for the sinners, not the perfect people. You look around everywhere. Do you see anyone who is perfect? Hi, Mom. A few. <laughs> 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 no one here is perfect. No one. And one of the stories in the Bible, which a few years back, uh, well, I don't know how long ago it was, but it wasn't, it was before COVID. This church seemed to be obsessed with someone in the Bible, besides Jesus. <laughs> which all be the obsessed. woman at the well. We just couldn't get enough of that story. So we're bringing it back. <laughs> the, woman in the, the woman at the well was a Samaritan. Jesus was a Jew. A man and a Jew. And she was a woman. And she wasn't exactly very... Like, even the Samaritans thought she was garbage. So, how good do you think people viewed her? Like, like, how good do you think people thought she was? Well, her reputation wasn't exactly pristine. <laughs> like some of the people at this that? table. <clears throat> Luke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, yeah, but uh, Natalie, would you like to read John 8, 7? I would, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> John 8, 7 says, uh, let he who was without sin cast the first stone. Brother, that's like one of my favorite Bible verses. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. Matthew, would you like to read Matthew 7, 1? Sure. Do not, Matthew 7, 1 says, do not judge lest ye be judged. Luke, <laughs> would you like to read Mark 16, 16? Yes, I would, thank you. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. 
No matter what you've done, God do you still look loves like? you. Like, you know, going to Walmart. You guys have seen the people of Walmart yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus still loves them, even if you come to Walmart and, you know, a tank top and sweatpants. I, I would know. I haven't come in a tank top, but I've, I've gone to many stores in sweatpants. It's great. You guys should no. try it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, Listen, I, I think Jesus still loves me after topic. that. <laughs> back to productive topics. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> church should look more like a hospital than anything else, basically. Going back to the song and the advertisement. Good job. Yeah. So the woman at the well was one of the first people, along with some fishermen who... If you know anything about sailors, they don't exactly have a reputation for being truthful. Deep. No, no. Yeah, they almost seem a little fishy. You just had to do that. I did. I did. Um, well, she was one of the first people he talked to about his existence on Earth and the fact that he was God. So... And she became an, an amazing follower. She converted her whole town, right, Luke? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going back to the question, this is just something that all of us need to know. If you go to a church and you have something wrong with you and people say, oh, you can't go to church, you know, you're not the perfect Christian. There is not, well, no. <laughs> I was going to say there's not something wrong with you. If there's something wrong with you, Jesus will fix it. As well as the people who are, you know, kicking you out, basically. It's, Jesus loves us no matter what. If you have a problem with someone going to church and they're not exactly perfect, maybe you need to look at yourself. You know, oh, hello. 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 (laughs) Maybe you need to look at yourself and look at how Jesus treats people. Speaking of the woman at the well, I think she wants to talk to us. Sudden guest appearance? um, We have a guest star, people. Okay, we're going to see her up there. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please keep a lookout for our future episodes. Jesus be with you. Remember to check out our sponsor, Jesus Christ. Please go to our GoFundMe page, please. Are you telling a joke? There's a place that I want to stop. Plus it makes our journey shorter by almost half. And our odds of violent attack more likely by double. <laughs> Is that an exact figure? Forgive me, teacher, but it's safer to go around Samaria by way of the Jordan and not the Capulus. Did you join me for safety reasons? But Rabbi, you're Samaritans. Good observation, Big James. What's your point? Rabbi, these were the people that profaned our temple with the dead bones. They, they hated they us. They fought against us with the Seleucids in the Maccabean Wars. And spoken to a Samaritan. And we destroyed their temple a hundred years ago. 
and none of you here were present for any of these things. Listen, if we are going to have a question and answer session, every time we do something you're not used to, it's going to be a very annoying time together for all of us. We'll be fine. And if we get attacked, Simon will be happy to show us what to do. Absolutely. Right. So follow me. Salome's bread last night. Master, we need to go into town for food. We can use the gold left for us at the fountain. Very well. There's a town about a mile west. Sikar. You all go. I'll wait here. Someone should stay with you. In case. I'm all right. Meet me at that well when you come back. Give me a drink. Did you hear me? That's bad, huh? What? You, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan, and a woman. I'm sorry. I should have said please. You know, it's not safe for you to be alone out here. Nor you. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the, the cool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come at noon in the heat, as you have so kindly reminded me. Why won't they be seen with you? Long story. 
I'd still like a drink of water if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Would. Except that you have nothing to draw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Long story. But Jewish water is better than Samaritan water. Hmm? That's not what I said. Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well? Your water is better than his? I know, Jacob. And everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Wouldn't that be nice? The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. First, go and call your husband and come back. I will show you both. I don't have a husband. You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. <laughs> oh, I see. You're a prophet. You're here to preach at me. No. Usually the one good thing about coming here alone is I can escape being condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. Too many. But it's men like you who have made it impossible for me to do anything about it. How? Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place for true worship. They say that because the temple is there. Yeah. Exactly where we're not allowed. I'm here to break those barriers. And the time is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So, where am I supposed to go when I need God? I've never received anything from God, but I couldn't thank Him, even if I did. Anywhere. God is spirit. And the time is coming and is now here. That it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth. Heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper He's looking for. It won't matter where you're from or what you've done. Do you believe what I'm telling you? <laughs> Until the Messiah comes and explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me. I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong when you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of, I am He. The first one was named Ramin. You were a woman of purity who was excited to be married. But he wasn't a good man. Hurt you, and it made you question marriage and even the practice of your faith. 
Stop it. The second was Farzad. On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. And to this day, every time you pass by the oranges in the market, you feel guilty for leaving him. Because he was the only truly godly man you've been with. But you felt unworthy. Why are you doing this? I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know, but not by the Messiah. And you know these things because you are the Christ. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon. Just the heart. You promise? I promise. This man told me everything I've done. Oh, he must be the Christ! <laughs> Oh my god, did you guys hear? Oh my, I have to tell everyone. This Jewish man came and talked to me, a Samaritan woman. Samaritans don't even like me. But he came to me and he told me that no matter what I'd done, no matter what I'd been through, that he loved me anyway. I was so stuck and lost and felt so hopeless. Like, I, there was just no way out for me. I could not get myself out. And I just, it was all over. And then he went out of his way to come to me and let me know that no matter what, he loved me anyway. And then when I couldn't get out, he rescued me.
I'll talk while I'm crying. I've seen people and kids hurt by rejection of what someone else thinks they did wrong. And it's not with the way we do it, guys. They made amazing points up here. We have a history of thinking it our job to pray, to lovingly approach someone, to let them know that they're doing something wrong and they need to work on that. I would challenge that that is not our job. I've talked with that about people, and they say, well, sometimes God asks us to do that. But let me challenge you with this approach instead. How about, instead of going to somebody and pointing something out in the Bible, that's totally true. You can go through the whole Bible, and it's a true statement you're telling them, to let them know something they're doing wrong that they need to work on. How about instead of that, we love people to the Bible so God can speak the word to them instead of us? Can you come say prayer? Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this Sabbath day that we could gather together as a church family. Um, we pray that we would take these things to heart that have been presented today, that we would go forward um, in this week with love in our hearts and um, looking for opportunities to show the love of Jesus to everyone we meet, including the people living under the same roof as us. Thank you for these kids. Thank you for all the kids in our church, and we pray that you would um, give them a special blessing and help them as they grow, to grow strong in you, and um, as they are our future leaders, and we thank you for them. Um, thank you for hearing our prayer, and thank you for all of your blessings. Amen. Color guard, retrieve the colors. Oh, would the congregation please stand? Retire the colors. Pathfinders and congregation dismissed. <laughs>